0: begin reading with verse number 18. Let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word, prayer for the message, as we read down through the end of the chapter. Verse number 18 of chapter 2, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am He which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh to keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them, With a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Father in heaven, God, we do count it an honor and a privilege to be here again. Lord, uh, just to be in your presence feels so good tonight. Lord, we thank you for the good testimony. We thank you for the good altar prayer time. And Lord, I pray tonight, dear God, that you will help us to rightly divide the word of truth. And dear Lord, may we open up our hearts and mind to the preached word of God as we continue through this verse-by-verse study of the book of Revelation. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. First thing I want to say by the way of introduction is that compromise will destroy a church. We live in a world of compromise where people seek uh, uh, their own interest at any cost. People sell their souls for their possessions and for power and for pleasures of this world. People young and old alike will compromise and go along and, and they'll do almost anything to get attention. They'll do anything to be popular and acceptable and to secure the greatest jobs or uh, to get their promotion and to get good grades even or get more money and get to bigger houses and bigger things in life and, and to live in a better neighborhood and to get more power uh, within themselves. And on and on the list can go tonight, but the point here in the Scripture is cle- clearly seen. People compromise what they know is right. In order to get what they want. That's a sad day. That's a sad commentary for you and I today. And this is what the members of the church at Thyatira were doing. The church at Thyatira is a picture of a compromising church. A church full of believers who are working for the Lord. But yet they were compromising with the world. In order to fulfill their own personal desires. Problems folks. Problems. The church shouldn't be a compromising entity. The church should be able to stand firm on the Word of God no matter where we stand. If it costs us everything that we have, don't let us compromise the Word of God. Don't allow us to compromise uh, to a point that where people will look at us and say, that's a liberal church or that's a worldly church, but yet carry on the testimony uh, that people will know that we're a church that's trying to stand on fact, on the fact of God's word tonight. I had a lady that called today from Irwin, Tennessee. Uh, she, she, her and her husband are coming in on Saturday night. And they're going to be staying out back in their RV and hooked up back there. I said, you're more than welcome to stay. And uh, they said that they're coming because she had kin people that came to the meeting last year. And she said that we was one of the friendliest churches that they'd ever seen. And I said, praise the Lord for that good commentary. That's not nothing that I've done. That's something that you do. Amen. Anybody that walks through those doors, we don't have to compromise to be friendly. We don't have to compromise to let people know that they're welcome to the house of God. And my friends, we ought to be some of the most friendliest people uh, that's on God's green earth. We're saved today. We're Christians. We're supposed to be Christ-like. And my friend, when it comes down to it, we ought to not be a compromising church, but we ought to be a church that stands on the Word of God, that stands firm on the truth, uh, and is friendly and about their business. Amen. Not being busy bodies tonight, but being that busy about the Master's business. Number one tonight, as we begin looking into the scripture, verse number 18. There is the recipient of this particular word. And again, as in the other churches, it's the minister who is being spoken to. It is the Lord that is addressing the pastor, if you will, of the church. And the minister is to proclaim the truth uh, uh, to that compromising church that may be trying to dab uh, in the world. And some of the members have begun to compromise with the world. It's the minister's duty to declare the word of Christ to them and, and proclaim exactly what Christ is saying in this particular message. How serious the problem of compromise is to Christ tonight. Thyatira was the smallest of the seven churches, but this message to the church at Thyatira is longer than any of the others that we'll see here in the Word of God tonight out of the seven churches. Christ has more to say to a compromising church than any other church that we're going to speak of. And I believe that is very important. I believe it speaks wonders to us tonight. It speaks greatly to us. Uh, and it ought to let us know that we're not to be compromisers. Amen. Listen, it doesn't matter uh, who's involved in what sin. A sin is still sin and sin's wrong. Amen. If sin falls upon my family, it's up to me to stand against sin. If sin falls upon your family, it's up to me to stand against sin. If sin falls into your family, it's up to you to stand against that sin. We ought to not compromise Uh, just because we're in this situation or that situation or got this going on, that going on. Trust me tonight, church. There's nothing wrong with doing what's right in the eyes of God. There's nothing wrong uh, with doing what's right and allowing God to bless you. You may not see the outcome of it right yet, but I can promise you this. If you do what's right, God will bless it every time. Amen. We don't want to be one of those churches that compromises. When we compromise uh, uh, the word of God, we may let this one get away with this sin and that one not get away with that sin. We may have to let this one get away with that and this one not get away. No, no. We don't need to let anybody get away with any sin tonight. Their sin needs to be exposed. And uh, that's what the word of God does. It exposes sin. The preaching of the Word of God exposes sin. In a lot of places that you may attend tonight, uh, they're never gonna preach on adultery. Uh, They're never going to preach on sin because they're afraid they're going to make somebody mad and Mr. Big Bucks might walk out the door. But may I say this, Uh, I've been threatened by the almighty dollar before and it doesn't bother us not one bit because I want to stand true and firm on the Word of God. And when you stand on the Word of God, you prove the Word of God. He proves His faithfulness to you no matter what comes your way. He's never failed me. And He'll never fail you for doing right. Amen? So let's not be a church like Thyatira and be a compromising church. But number two tonight, I see the speaker. And the speaker is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Look how He describes Himself In verse number 18, Christ declares that He is the Son of God. He is the one to whom a person owes his life. A person is not to give his life over to the world, nor to anything else. He's to give life uh, He is to give his life to the Son of the living God. To the Lord Jesus Christ. A person is to believe in Christ. A person is to follow Christ. A person is to obey Christ. That person is to become attached to Christ. And listen, that person is to fall in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. No person, especially a believer, is to compromise uh, with the world. There's to be no attachment to the world. There's to be no love of this world. The Bible says, Love not the world, nor the things that are in this world. Hey, it's all just temporary. It's all just passing through. Folks, all of this stuff that we've been blessed with down here is not going to do us a bit of good when we're dead and gone. No good at all. It's going to be gone. A person owes his life and all he does to the Son of God. Christ declares that his eyes are like a flame of fire. Showing us that Christ sees all. He sees when a person is compromising. He sees when they're compromising in the dark. He sees when they're compromising behind closed doors. He sees when they're compromising in parked cars. He sees in the offices and houses of this world where we think we're alone. Christ sees us. He's an all-knowing God. He's an all-seeing God. And He's an all-powerful God that sees it all. He sees all the compromise that lie. He sees all the compromises that steal and that uh, cheats and commits immorality, becomes intoxicated, takes drugs or alcohol. He's all uh, he, he sees all of the seductive teaching and misleading of people that is within some churches today. Now you may not believe that, but I'm here to tell you, there are some churches out there, I'm not on a bashing church kind of deal tonight, and I don't like to do that anyway, but if you'll just open up your eyes and just listen a little bit, you'll know that there's a problem when someone stands behind the pulpit and says there's more than one way to heaven. You'll know that there's a problem with someone that steps behind the pulpit and thinks that it's okay to have a social drink. There's a problem uh, with uh, people's message uh, and the people uh, uh, that are preaching a falsehood today. Folks, I'm here to tell you, God sees and hears uh, and will reward all according to their works. Uh, And we're not saved by works, no sir, but we'll be judged by them works. He sees and aids the faithful to stand fast when they are tempted. Folks, when we're tempted by the sins of this world, God said, I'll always allow you a way to escape. A way to get away from it. A way to move from it. And I'm glad that He does. Christ declares that His feet are like brass. Christ is able to step down hard upon the seductive teachings and compromises of the false gospel. He rules and He judges. His feet will crush all those who compromise with the world. In addition, His feet shall crush all false teachers of compromise. And the reason is clear tonight. He's the only true spokesman and messenger of God. All the others that are coming out of the woodwork trying to lead People down the wrong direction are false tonight. They must be judged uh, and they'll be brought to a cursed situation. Note that Jezebel, uh, here in the Scripture, one named Jezebel, uh, uh, was claiming to be a prophetess. A spokesperson or spokeswoman, if you will, a messenger of God. But we'll get to that here in just a minute. Let me go to number 3 first in, num- in verse number 19. We see the commendation. In other words, they're being commended for some things. Now, Theatira was a very active church. It involved uh, uh, all kinds of works for the Lord. Christ says that He knows all about the works that they had been doing. Uh, there were works of love. There were works of service. And these would include ministries that especially showed love. Ministries that concentrated upon showing care and showing interest and concern and provision. Such ministries would have included evangelism and reaching out to the world of the lost. It would involve reaching to the youth and growing them and developing them. It would reach out to senior adults and adults and, and, and school-age kids, the needy, the orphans, the hungry, the homeless, the shut-ins, the foreigners, the prisoners, the, the poor, the single parent, the, a child, if you will. Uh, this church had it going on as far as activities go. They were reaching out to people. There were works of faith and patient endurance. These would include ministries that demanded strong faith and endurance in order to carry them out. Uh, listen, it included uh, lacking the money or personal, uh, uh, personnel or space to, uh, uh, and resources, uh, but yet they would stick with it until God gave the open door to take care of it. They faced opposition, but they believed God in going ahead and persevering in the ministry. They would face difficult ministry such as uh, 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 visiting unbelievers or prisoners or, or, or derelicts or, or whatever, but but trusting in God to, uh, to, to give them the increase and trusting that God would open the doors. Being tired and weary and not wanting to participate in the ministry, but yet they trusted God and they continued going on even though they were so tired they didn't have nowhere to lay their head sometimes. And they didn't know how they were going to get rest for the next day. They were feeling inadequate, they were feeling incapable, but they accepted the challenge. They believed in God and they endured in the ministry. There was even a significant growth that this history tells us in the ministries of this church. And the church grew and the church expanded and it reached out more and more. It was apparently an active church and active as it could be and it ministered to the community that was around them and every way that they possibly could, they ministered and the church continued to grow there in Thyatira. Think of kind of a church being described as dynamic. It was vibrant. It was alive. It was uh, meeting all the social needs of the community. It was having all the ministries that, that ranged all the way from a clothes and a food closet over to reaching over to the lost in a regular visitation program. The church was full of activity and energy and crowded with people. Yet the church was a far cry from what it should have been. Because it was compromising and it was corrupt. You see, we can do all the right things. We can come in and reach as many people as we possibly can. We can come in and help with the orphans. We can come in and help with the needy. We can reach out to those uh, that are less fortunate. We can share the gospel with those that need it the most. We can welcome them into the house of God. We can try our best to disciple them. We can try our best to teach them. And this is what the church in Thyatira was doing. But yet God had something against them. There was allowing compromise with the world to come into the church. This leads up to number four. The problem, the complaint. And it immediately aroused my interest because of the name Jezebel was used here. And the church was charged with allowing Jezebel in verse 20 and 21 to teach in the church. I believe that means a couple of things tonight. The church was tolerating a false teacher to teach within the church, for one. She called herself a prophetess. She claimed that God had called and gifted her to teach and proclaim the truth. Therefore, the church appointed her as a teacher and gave her the right to teach within the church. But then the church began to tolerate the false teaching. The church began to accept it, the seduction, the fornication, the idolatry. Exactly what is said in this particular verse. First, Jezebel the false teacher was actually teaching in the church contrary to Christ and the Word of God and the church was allowing her to spread her false teaching. Secondly, Jezebel the false teacher was being allowed to seduce the Lord's servants as she was arguing, presenting reasonable arguments, deceiving, misleading and beguiling the servants and followers of the Lord and the church was allowing it to go on like nothing was wrong. And Jezebel the false teacher was seducing the believers to commit fornication and in all manner of, of performing any and in, in all immoral acts. How could such teaching be allowed within the church? How could all this happen and come to this place where we are in the church of Thyatira? She was teaching that believers didn't have to separate themselves from the world. They took that scripture, come out from among them and be ye separate, and no longer use it. It's not there anymore, according to this church in Thyatira. Not entirely. Listen, they wanted them to, they said, if you don't, if you keep yourself from the world, you're going to become exclusive and you're going to become snobbish. Listen, we have to live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. Amen? Believers. Uh, that li- believers needed to be uh, sensible in dealing with the world and its functions. They needed to be participating in some of the world's functions. In order to be friendly. And to keep their jobs. And to secure their promotions. And help their business. And keep from being considered fanatical. And to win the loss. That's just like some of these places that will tell you today. How the best place you can win somebody to the Lord. You go by and pick them up. You take them to the local bar. You give them something to drink. That is the biggest lie from hell to hell. Today, don't believe it. But people get sucked into that. There are a picture of this church in Thyatira. These believers could reach the world more easily, they thought, by associating and fellowshipping with the world. If a person really worshipped God, he'd be acceptable to God, is what they're saying. Even if Even if he didn't know Jesus, as long as he was worshipping Him. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you can't be a soul winner if you don't know Jesus. You can't be a soul winner if you don't know him personally tonight. And they began to teach that believers should attend a social functions of neighbors and fellow workers. And don't be exclusive to the church. And don't be separated from the world. Well, guess what happened? Many of these socials became drunken and immoral parties. That's what happened. Believers who were present were attracted to the opposite sex, caught up in immoral affairs, just like everyone else in the world were doing. Believers were having immoral affairs. They were committing fornication. Naturally, the believers didn't want to be misfits. So they were teaching them to be sociable and drink and dance and participate in the activities of their neighbors. The end result was bound to happen. Believers were caught up in drunken immorality of the world. They were crying out for the desires of the flesh. All because a false teacher by the name of Jezebel was allowed to come into the church and to teach. Thinking that's the way they are going to build the church. May I say tonight I know some churches of Thyatira tonight. I know some churches like that. Uh, that will uh, are trying to build their church not on the word of god and not on jesus christ and i but they're trying to build it on a social network of uh, going out and partying with the world making the church look so worldly that you feel comfortable when you come in listen i i don't get it church i really don't a church is supposed to be a church it's not to be a meeting place or social club it's a church We're here to be about the Lord's business. Amen. Listen, Jezebel, that false teacher was seducing believers herself uh, and bringing them to a point of where they were committing idolatry as well as adultery. Of course, we know what idolatry is. An idol is anything that a person puts first in his life other than the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where people have trouble tonight. You know, they're going to put their job, their position, their possessions, their pleasure, their sports, their power, their knowledge, their uh, self, their family, their business. They're going to put everything in front of Jesus. I don't get it. And then they want to come and cry to the preacher and wondering why they're not being blessed. They got it all out of order. We're commanded by God to put Christ first in our life. And if you'll do that, church, I promise you. He'll take care of every need that you got. He'll even throw in some wants every once in a while. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad? But see, some of these members at Thyatira were apparently putting their jobs and their social acceptance before God, and it angered God. They were attending these social functions and trying to be socially acceptable and to secure their jobs and to prosper in the world. Folks, this world is just temporary. Temporary. But note that Jesus Christ had given this false teacher, this Jezebel, if you will, a period to repent. This means that she knew deep down in her heart that her teaching was contrary to God's Word. But she refused to change, she refused to repent. I don't understand. People in that situation. People that were brought up in church. People that know the Word of God. People that know what the sweet nectar of salvation is. Yet they turn away from God and they get back out in the world. And they serve the devil himself. Knowing that one day, judgment day is coming. I don't get it. I don't get it. When someone is truly, truly saved, blood bought sins forgiven, thrown as far as these is to the west, buried into the deepest parts of the sea, when you get up over that altar or your bedside or your couch side or from your car, wherever it may be that you prayed, you know that there's something different in your life. You know that God had forgiven you and a world of, of weight was taken off your shoulders. Why do we want to go back to that place? Why do we want to go back to a place of despair and discouragement and sin and deceit? Why would we want to do it? She refused to repent. But number five, look at the warning. A warning to those who compromise and are corrupted. There was a warning to Jezebel. The Bible said she'd be cast upon a bed of sickness. And honestly, from the commentaries that I've read, this probably means some type of venereal disease. Some type of sexually transmitted disease or some type of disease such as cirrhosis of the liver due to excess drinking and partying. Her judgment was to match her sin. To be a direct result of her sin. She was gonna reap what she sowed according to the Word of God. There's a warning to those who gave in to her seduction and her lifestyle. To those who refused to turn to Christ and to separate themselves from the world, they were to uh, suffer great tribulation, the Bible says. The idea in some severe, is some severe affliction, some deep suffering, some pressing distress. There's the warning to the children even of Jezebel. Who are they? Well, real children of those who swallowed her false teaching and worldly lifestyle. In either case, they were to be killed. What does this mean? (laughs) There was still a time for these to repent. Imagine that. Christ still loved this lady. Christ still loved this Jezebel. Christ still loved this false teacher and the followers. And despite all of the corruption they had caused in this great church, Christ still gave them the opportunity to repent. Christ said, Judgment's going to come. Judgment's going to happen. And if they fail to repent of their deeds, judgment was going to come. But it means the most wonderful thing to you and I tonight. We can still repent as long as we're living. As long as God begins to deal with our heart and pulls us to a place of repentance. No matter what we've done or how terrible it was, Christ calls us. To repentance. And if we repent, He saves us and delivers us from the judgment to come. Why would anybody in their right mind not want to be saved tonight? Why would anybody in their right mind not want Jesus as their Savior and their sins be why would anybody want to go out into this world to find their thrill? And I promise you, starting Sunday morning, you won't find no better thrill than the house of God. That's what you'll get, a thrill. What do you mean? Hey, listen, if you think some of the services we've been having is real spiritually high, you just wait till next week. They ain't no telling what God may do. I won't go ahead and warn you. But it'll all be in order and all be good. Hey, Amen. No telling who will be here. No telling who will be saved. No telling uh, uh, how the men of God will perceive it all and preach to you that week. But it will be good. I'm not one of these preachers that look around and say, if, I, if, the, if they preach better than I do, I'm not going to invite them in. No, if they can't preach no better than I can, I don't invite them. Amen. <laughs> I want them to get in here and shuck the corn. <laughs> I want them to get in here and and deliver the word. Why? Because I need preached to myself. Amen. Praise God tonight. Why is Christ going to judge those who compromise with the world? Well, Christ is going to judge those who compromise so that all the churches may know and acknowledge that He is the Christ. He is the sovereign head of the universe. He is the one who searches the minds, the thoughts, and the hearts of the people. Christ is going to judge those who compromise so that every person will be treated fairly and justly. Listen, I have stood for the Word of God many a times when I've had to stand alone. I've had to stand on the Word of God when families would turn their backs and go the other direction because it got up into their mealhouse. house, if you know what I mean tonight. If it's wrong for me, it's wrong for you. If it's in the Word of God and it's wrong for... Aaron, if it's wrong for you, it's wrong for me. I can't justify my doings if it's against the Word of God. And I can't justify it for you if it's against the Word of God. It's plain and simple. There, You know, ground's level at the cross. Amen? Ground's level at the cross. Sin's still sin. We can't push this adulterous affair under the rug and let that know they'll get away with it. Listen, I'm not letting anybody get away with anything, and God's surely not getting it. They're not getting away with Him, Amen. But I, I, I'm not a one tonight to show favoritism on sin. Sin, sin is wrong. I can't do it. Whether it comes to my house or yours, it's wrong. And if I start compromising just because it's inside my family, y'all better get you another preacher, Amen. I request that myself tonight, because I know me. I'm not a compromiser. I know me. I'm not going to do it. Steve knows I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I don't think you would want me to compromise. I don't think you'd want me to compromise the Word of God. I think you'd want me to help you. I think you'd want me to try to lead you and try to guide you to a place to where you would come to repentance, to where you would be restored in your faith. But you wouldn't want me to approve sin in your life. That's not what true pastors do. They love you through the hard times. They try to correct it through the sinful times. And we try to worship the Lord together. Amen. Praise the Lord tonight. But number six. We see tonight the counsel. The counsel to the church at Thyatira was to be faithful. In verse 24 and 25. Compromise with the world. Refuse to separate from the world. And to live a pure and holy life. These people were refusing to separate from the world. But he's saying you need to separate from the world. You need to stop living in the depths of sin. Don't be planted and embedded and immersed. And enmeshed in the depths of Satan. In the very depth of a Satan's lifestyle. A glorious promise to the faithful believer. Who has separated himself from the world and its pleasures and possessions, Christ will put no other burdens upon them. Now what does it mean? Well, no other burden can refer to the uh, stuff that uh, the prohibition laid upon the Gentile Christians by the Jerusalem Council. I won't get into that tonight. But they were forbidden to eat meat and offered to idols. Uh, no other burden can mean that Christ does not expect the believer to completely separate himself. Uh, or, or Christ does expect one to completely separate himself from the world. But God will bless their efforts. And will uh, make those ways for us to escape. Listen. Christ isn't putting extreme uh, uh, extreme uh, uh, resistance against you and I tonight. Listen. We ought to openly want to be separated from the world. Christ is not going to hold a gun to your head and say you need to be separated. We ought to know that we need to be separated. We ought to know that we serve a true and living God. And the counsel here in verse 24 and 25 is to remain steadfast and to remain faithful and to hold fast. Hold fast to the commitment that we've already made to Christ. Hold fast. Be separate from the world. Be separated unto God. Be committed to the spiritual growth that we have already achieved. To the ministries that we've already launched. Be faithful to those things. I'll tell you what will break this preacher's heart tonight. We come into this meeting next week. Oh, that uh, uh, there'll be a lot of people here. But under no shape, form, or fashion should I look out across this sanctuary and see more visitors than we do church people. But, if tradition holds fast, there'll be more visitors here than church people. Not because our attendance would be off or low, but just because people don't care about the things of God. I need this stuff. I need a meeting. I need a jubilee. That word jubilee means a time of rejoicing. A time to come together and worship the Lord. And there'll be a lot of that going on. Some of you might get a little scared. But I promise you, you'll be in the right place. Some of y'all have said, oh boy, we had not been in work services like that in a long time. You just wait till next week. You'll be turning around saying, we've never seen it like this on this fashion. But you know what? The preachers can't bring it in their suitcase. You have to pray it down from heaven. We're attempting our best to try to do that tonight. Amen. Number seven. We'll close this chapter out tonight. Promises to the overcomers. You can see it in verse 26 through 29. Two wonderful promises are made to the believer who overcomes. And does not compromise with the world. Those who overcome seduction, fornication, immorality, drunkenness, loose parties, idolatry, false teaching of the world. Those who keep on living and working for Christ and are removed from that worldly stuff, you're promised a couple of things. The Bible says the overcomer is to be given power over the nation. That's clearly the promise of ruling and reigning with Christ throughout eternity. You see, the day is coming when Jesus Christ will return to earth and conquer all the forces of evil. Every knee shall bow and confess that He is the Lord God of the universe. The overcomer shall participate in that day, the glorious day of the redemption, of the redemption with the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall be given position of rule and service throughout the kingdom. And they shall serve the Lord Jesus Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. And wait till we get to talking about it here in just a few weeks. Amen. The overcomer is given the morning star, the Bible says. Well, that morning star is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ is referred to as the bright and morning star. The hearer and overcomer of what we've read tonight of compromising uh, is to receive Jesus himself. And Jesus will always walk with him. The person who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to this church. Let him separate from the world. Let him never compromise and become corrupted with the sins of this world. And never L- allow us to allow a Je- Jezebel a compromising or corrupt person to teach in the church. We can't afford that church. We may be smaller in number tonight than many. But the Turning Point Free Will Baptist Church has a recommend, uh, 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 what am I saying? has a reputation across this country. Number one, people know that the Lord resides here and we can have some kind of time in the Lord. Number two, they know that we're not compromising, a compromising church. They know we try our best to do it thus saith the word of God. And we're pretty well known for our friendliness too. Nothing wrong with that, amen? I thank you so much for being here. We're going to have Sister Pam come around to the piano. And play just a simple song of invitation of some sort. If you've got a need in your heart and life tonight. Maybe you found yourself in a compromising situation. Maybe you need to come talk to the Lord about that. He'll help you. We don't need to be compromisers tonight. We don't need to be a church of Thyatira. Be busy about the Lord's business. But allow every little thing to go on in the house of God. And compromise everything. No, we want to remain pure. We want to remain holy. We want to try our best to serve our God tonight the best way that we know how. Some of you may have a special need. You can bring it to Him. I know our dear sister wants to be anointed tonight as well. But you stand tonight as we pray. And if you've got a need, you come. Father in heaven, Lord, we do love you. We thank you for Jesus. Him dying on the cross of Calvary. Lord, thank you for these that are already come. Lord, I would encourage everyone tonight that can to come back around this altar and just pray for our Jubilee meeting, our homecoming service. May the Lord of heaven be here to bless and touch us and bless us real good. Lord, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you will. Lord, you've never failed us before. Help us not to be a church of terror. Help us not to be a compromising church. But Father, help us to be a church that will be glorified in thee. Lord, that will be, Lord, give you all the glory. And Lord, I'll surely thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray.